Welcome to Round Hill Radio, the podcast from Round Hill Community Church. Through our conversations, we discover the holy and the ordinary, find moments of grace and peace, and redefine what we talk about when we talk about faith. The call to be vulnerable is a key element in a life worth living. But what exactly does it have to do with the way we practice our faith? Let's find out. Welcome to Round Hill Radio. I'm Leslie. I'm Ed. Hey, Ed. How you doing, Leslie? Good. Uh, so we wanted to talk about vulnerability today. We do. I am very excited because um, it seems like in this work we're doing, building educational programs, it seems like that word comes up, needs mm. some attention. Why? Why do you think that is? Yes, I think that's true. And also it seems like there's a lot of uh, discussion happening about vulnerability in the wider world. Mm. And I think that's because uh, basically people are wondering, is this a time in the world when I can feel free to be vulnerable? Um, You know, are there forces at large that uh, are kind of arrayed against vulnerability? Now, we know it's essential for human life in so many ways. And obviously, we're born into the world as highly vulnerable creatures. And we can be vulnerable in all sorts of ways through our lives. But um, I've been paying attention recently to the work of Brene Brown, who has just done so much research on this. She actually says that we're living at a time when we're allergic to vulnerability. And I just really thought that was an amazing thing to say. Um, You know, it's a sad thing to hear Mm. because so much of life is tender and healing and good when we're at our most vulnerable. On the other hand, if uh, I feel because of my gender or because of the color of my skin or because of my age that uh, I don't belong or I may be attacked, um, that's going to raise one's shields. And uh, I also loved another image. I heard a a really lovely interview with Brene Brown on Krista Tippett's National Public Radio show on Mm -hmm. being. And uh, there was a wonderful phrase that Brene Brown used. She said, "It's, it's when children come into schools, she hopes that this is one place where they can release their armor and allow themselves to take up their own vulnerability. So I think that's why we're thinking about it and we're hearing a lot about it because it's very important to human flourishing and maybe we feel that it's under attack. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And, and and schools can be, I mean, not even thinking about what's been going on in the world today, but I think schools are, can be a difficult place for children Indeed. in general. Um So we're working our way through our sermon series Mm -hmm. called Practicing Our Faith. Mm -hmm. How does vulnerability play into that? Well, I like to think that in some ways, vulnerability is the ground of being for all of the practices of faith. Mm -hmm. So when we think about uh, everything that we want to express as people of love and hope, who are hungry for peace and justice in the world, all of those things happen because of vulnerability. And... um, you know, I was also thinking that there is no humor without vulnerability. It just occurred to me <laughs> the other day that you know some of the most um, interesting people uh, and just exciting people to be around are often comedians. Mm-hmm. And just think about what their lives would be like if they weren't willing to be vulnerable. I For mean, sure. what a scary thing, right? To stand up <laughs> in front of these crowds. And now, you know, crowds can be really difficult. And a lot of comedians have talked about how. 
you know, their lives are really different because crowds can get angry and you can get that one heckler. And here they are putting themselves out in the most vulnerable situation. So, you know, if someone's saying, well, uh, what does comedy have to do with faith and the practice of faith, I would say it has plays a huge role mm. because quite often it's humor that's linked to humility. Mm-hmm. And in turn, you know, it lifts our spirits and gives us a different angle on the world. But in terms of, you know, the broader thought of practicing our faith, I can't imagine that it's possible to forgive without being vulnerable. I mean, if someone hurts you really badly through something they do or say, Mm -hmm. and you're thinking in your mind, how do I forgive this person? Well, you're very, you're in a very vulnerable position because the person may hurt you again. That's right. And uh, I think the same thing happens uh, in our struggles to be peacemakers in the world, you know, that when we do that, we put ourselves out there in a world that really treasures strength, Mm -hmm. uh, that's extraordinarily violent in many ways. And now we're thinking, how am I going to put myself out there in a very different kind of way? Mm -hmm. And uh, so I think it's the thread that runs through all the practices, but without vulnerability, there is no love. There's no forgiveness. There's no, you know, opening ourselves up to the world. Absolutely. And if you'll allow me to take a take a tangent. Please do. You just had me thinking about the idea of of opening yourself up to someone and the the possibility of being hurt, which is inherent in every relationship, yeah. professional, mm-hmm. personal, mm-hmm. Fam- familial. Um, and the idea of the other side of it, which I would think of as trust, mm. right? That, that, and, but there's two parts of it because there's the idea that I'm trusting you to, to respect my vulnerability, to respect my boundaries and my space That's and, right. and my, what I'm giving you from myself, mm-hmm. but also trusting yourself mm. and trusting yourself that if you do get hurt, mm-hmm. you, A, will be okay, mm-hmm. and B, you can learn from it, you can grow from it, you might be stronger for it. Because I always think about, you know, the trust in someone else in a, in a in a relationship, but then there's also this big element of, like, of really trusting in yourself. Right. Um, That's a lovely thought, and I don't think we usually think of it that way at all, right? It's usually yeah. just a one-way. Yeah, it feels like oh, I'm giving you something, or, or you're, I'm trusting you. I'm, you know, I'm being vulnerable to you. But that, and that takes that takes trust in yourself that to open up and not stay inside your your shell. That's a right. Bit. I'm thinking as you're telling that story of a woman I knew uh, many years ago in a congregation I served as a student, and her name was Phyllis, and uh, Phyllis lived in a in a community in Vermont, and it was at a time when there were uh, there was a lot of thinking going on about nuclear disarmament. Mm. And there were marches happening in towns and cities across the country, and Phyllis's um, family was very, uh, you know, was really not in alignment with that. Mm. Um, and but she was beginning to change her mind on some things, and she was thinking about participating in the Fourth of July parade in her town. There was going to be, you know, all the classic things that go along with that parade. But there was going to be one of the groups walking through town was part of the campaign for nuclear disarmament, and mm. it was a big struggle in her about whether she was going to join that part of the parade. And ultimately, she chose to do so. And I think it's exactly what you're talking about. It wasn't just trusting the movement out there. This is an important thing to be part of. But it was listening to an inner voice and trusting that her own inner voice was worth hearing yeah. and then following. So I think I think you're really onto something there. Yeah. Are there other other <clears throat> words or emotions that you would link with vulnerability? When I've been listening to Brene Brown, I've been struck by the number of times that she 
uses the word courage in relationship to vulnerability, which I like. And I think that we think of courage in so many different ways, um, but this is a way that's probably underutilized, uh, that when you, when you really take that moment to step out and show a side of yourself, a creative side or a, whatever that might be, mm-hmm. that does take an element of courage. And that's really important, I think, for children to hear that as early in life as possible. And I was struck by the fact that when Brene Brown, uh, she has literally conducted thousands of interviews with people from almost every walk of life, military, um, local police officers, recently the National Football League, uh, parents, everyone you can imagine. She said, at no time can people identify an act of courage in their life when they didn't also feel vulnerable. Mm. The two things go hand in hand. And I like something that she chooses to emphasize, which is that there's always an element of fear in vulnerability. You can't really erase that. And I think uh, you're a musician. Um, You know, we, we have a an experience of worship every Sunday where usually someone is speaking that often inspires fear, hopefully not just in the listeners, but (laughs) (laughs) maybe in the speaker, but you know, that fear is present, but it doesn't have to be the determining factor. Sure. And I think that's true of so many moments in life where we stand up and speak the truth or Mm -hmm. we stand up for a cause, or as you say, we choose to listen to a voice within. These are really tremendous moments and they always come with this element of agitation or inner restlessness or fear. Absolutely. Here's a weird tie-in okay. to take you back to uh, comedians. Oh, good. I was watching an old stand-up of Jerry Seinfeld oh, the other day. One of my favorites. Why not? Mm-hmm. And he was talking about the, uh, that at the study he'd seen that the number one fear of, of humans is public speaking. Mm-hmm. The number two fear is death. <laughs> and his his joke his joke was that basically in a in a funeral they would rather be the dead person than giving the eulogy. There you go. <laughs> it's that bad. <laughs> it's that bad. The idea of being vulnerable, being up there, putting yourself out there, especially with your words. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that, <laughs> that that's how much we we fear that level of being open to other people. I think that uh, whether it's public speaking or public performance, that's one of the most obvious ways in which people feel so exposed. For sure. And, uh, you know, maybe just a a quick little story on top of that one. I was presiding at a wedding and uh, it was uh, a second marriage for both of the individuals. And the bride that day wanted her adult daughter to sing one of the songs. And it was a very emotional day for everybody. And uh, so her daughter started to sing. And I would say after about 10 seconds, she just broke down. And her mother looked at her. And and actually, I think her daughter said, I I just can't do this. And her, her mother looked at her and said, honey, it's okay. Whatever you do will be fine. And this young woman gathered herself and sang the song that needed to be sung. But I thought that that was a great moment of someone putting themselves out there, but in a supportive environment Mm -hmm. so that everyone there said, look, it's okay. And I guess that's, I I guess the thing that I think of now when I think of vulnerability is it comes with imperfection. Imperfection Mm -hmm. is part of the process. And you know, there are cultures 
that go out of their way to add imperfection to things so as not to appear too perfect. You know, mm-hmm. the Navajo in their beautiful weavings will often have one thread that doesn't quite fit into the weaving. And it's, and it's a recognition that the spirits that help to create that weaving, they're an essential part of it. So the human part can't be too perfect. Wow. It has to allow this other thing. And I know of other, other cultures which also make space for that. And I think that's a really beautiful and humble gesture. Can you come tell every professional musician that story? I'm ready. I'm ready whenever you need me. <laughs> we yes. need to hear it. <laughs> Isn't because, that? Yes, because in our world of... Uh, Practice makes perfect. Mm-hmm. Why isn't it perfect? Why isn't it perfect? Why isn't it perfect? I think I've told the story on the podcast before, but I have a sign in my piano studio, my teaching studio, that says, practice makes progress. Oh, nice. Which is helpful and a good reminder to me also. <laughs> it's very fun. I also have a, uh, a bunch of comics, and one of them is a little boy hanging over a piano bench in just exhaustion. <laughs> and it says, I would be really good at playing the piano if I could just... My fingers would just know how, which is great. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm getting on tangents today. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's quite all right. It's all about vulnerability, It's all right? about vulnerability. Um, so we were, I was talking about professional musicians. So where vulnerability can be discouraged yes. in, in, an, in an element of like risk-taking. Mm-hmm. Um, what happens when that happens, do you think? Well, you know, I think the phrase we use in our culture when that happens is that people, quote unquote, shut down. And the shutting down process in a human life is sad, and it can lead to tragedy. Um, I'm I'm picking up another insight here from Brene Brown, but I think the answer that she would provide to the question, what happens when vulnerability is discouraged or shut down? And interestingly enough, she used the word uh, things or the phrase that, that things can become dangerous. Because I think that when we're shut down... And the armor goes up. We feel disrespected. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's the seedbed for anger and hostility. And so often in our culture, especially in the last few years, we've heard of so many young people who have lashed back at classmates, mm-hmm. uh, at the world, mm-hmm. because they felt disinherited, uh, that they don't belong. And one of the one of the deep underlying realities I think that Brene Brown surfaced has surfaced in her research is that so often that, that our public uh, demonstrations of anger come from a deep sense of shame. So if you've been shamed, that really hurts. You know, humiliation just hurts and it really lives with people. And that then in turn grows anger and of course the possibility for retaliation and revenge. Mm-hmm. And uh, so discouraging the gift of vulnerability and our capacity for it, it, it has really, it can have tragic consequences, you know, but at every level. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have a thought for the day for I, us? I do. It's not my thought, uh, <laughs> but it's a thought that I cherish very much. It comes from a beautiful collection of prayers called All Desires Known by Janet Morley. And mm-hmm. I have had this book with me for many, many, many years. And these prayers are poetic. They're very short, but I would like to share one. And it begins like this. Vulnerable God, you challenge the powers that rule this world through the needy, the compassionate, and those who are filled with longing. Make us hunger and thirst to see right prevail and single-minded in seeking peace 
that we may see your face and be satisfied in you. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Ed. Thank you, Leslie. Thanks for listening. Round Hill Radio is brought to you by the members and friends of Round Hill Community Church. You can find more episodes on iTunes, SoundCloud, and roundhillcommunitychurch.org.